Welcome to Gin and Gentlemen, with me, Eleanor Harkstead, bringing the gin. And accompanied by a Kiora carton, filled with gentlemen, Catherine Curzon. Oh, and why why are you bringing uh, these chaps with you today, Catherine? Well, because today, in our slightly delayed podcast, which was delayed by our gadding about to bath, um, we're going to be talking about the wonders of going to the cinema in England in the 1980s. Indeed, we are. we are. And I want to say up front, Indeed, yes. if I start, if I find a bit like a weird croaky frog, it's because I have a head cold. But here I am, still podcasting for you. Well done. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, right. So, obviously, we were nippers in the eighties, we were, weren't we? Nippers. <laughs> what do you remember? Was the first film you ever saw at the cinema? Mary Poppins. Do you remember what it was? Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins. Mm-hmm. And it was a, one of the many reissues of Mary Poppins. And I saw it at the Canon in Mansfield, where I later was an usherette. Many years oh. later, I became an usherette. Oh, I'm sure you have some interesting stories about oh, being an girl. usherette as well. I, you know, <laughs> I, maybe I'll share some of this, but there were some I will tell you privately, but they would make your hair curl. <laughs> of course. Yeah, not in a funny way. Some of, them, some of them would make you go, oh, my God, no. <laughs> but yes, what was, so, your, was... what was your first film? I'm trying to remember. It was it was one of two things. It was either a school trip to see Heidi. I thought you were going to say like Clockwork Orange, Straw Dogs, <laughs> Exorcist. But I'm just trying to work out why did a school trip go to Heidi. see like do school trips go to the cinema? I know it was weird, and it, or it was uh, it was either Lady and the Tramp or 101 Dalmatians. Um, but my little brother, because he was very, very small, he was scared of the dark. So he kept wanting to go to the loo. Mm. And eventually my mum realised it was because the light was on in the toilet uh, and he was scared of the I don't the think door. it could have been Heidi because I don't think before the one in the 20, like it was like 2015. I think mm. the only Heidi film before that is like the 1930s. It wouldn't surprise me if that's what they took us to see. To be <laughs> no, but it wouldn't have been on, would it? A 1930s no, I don't, I don't production know, right? of Heidi. Could it have the been reason something I rem- like Swiss Family Robinson that fooled you into thinking it was Heidi? Well, I, I, haven't, I have an awful confession Disney to make, did a lot of to be honest. That's true. I, um, there was a girl in my class called Heidi, and she was sitting in front of me. Yeah. And she had, like, she had like immaculate plaited braids. And so I took hold of her. I was so excited. <laughs> I took hold of her, her plaits and pulled them from side to side, going, Heidi, Heidi. Oh, girl, no. So it was definitely Heidi because I have that horrific memory attached to it. I, I'm, I, I'm, the reason I'm doubting, could it have been like, you know, they did those sort of like Heidi, the new, the next generation type things. Could it have been something along those lines? But they were all TV movies. There's the reason there I'm so interest, interested in this. Is because hmm. I literally don't know what film it could have been. Was it a cartoon? Uh, yes, yeah, all I can remember is that horrific incident. <laughs> there, this is why, if anyone wonders why I'm quizzing you this much, like yeah. you already know this, that my husband is. I don't, I don't remember committing a crime my that day. Is like that. A film obsessive. <laughs> yeah. And it's rubbed off on me, but also my master's degree is in film. So I can't, much as I wish they did, I can't imagine a cinema in the 1980s showing a 1930s um, black and white version of Heidi. But I know. Yeah, and filled it with school kids. Hanna Barbera, that made obviously Scooby Doo, did some sort of bizarre (laughs) animation where Heidi had some sort of like funky blonde crop. So, anyway, there you go. 
there you go. It could have been that. Um, it, it was still it like the same been. story, but I think they just tried to make her look a bit more like, you know, like all American gal. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, oh my there goodness. You go. Anyone listening to this will now go, don't ever, ever tell Catherine anything about a film because she will quiz you like Columbo. Yeah. And even though you were five at the time. <laughs> I know, but I remember really vividly. See, I have these really vivid memories of childhood. I have yeah. my f- most vivid memory was when I was three and I described the scene, the scene when I broke my arm to my mother and she confirmed that it was like exactly right. Oh, God. Yeah, it's like my weird. I remember because this is completely off topic, but I broke my arm in my playroom and ah. I was wearing my brand new anorak, which was a, it was brilliant. It was a patchwork of like a jigsaw puzzle, almost of different shades of purple. Mm. And I remember going to the hospital and the doctor was a um, really nice gentleman wearing, he had a beard and he had a turban on. And mm. I wouldn't let him take my anorak off. I was like, no, no. And I remember him saying, oh, we'll have to cut the sleeve off then. And then I was like, <gasps> really neatly like, you can take it off then. But when I described it to my mum, she and my dad were like, that is exactly what happened. And that is exactly oh, what man, that, that was the doctor. So it must have just oh. been one of those memories that really, I have really vivid memories from like, I can remember my first day of school really clearly and all kinds of things. I can't remember what I had for dinner last night, but I can remember <laughs> all those things really clearly. Isn't that a sign of getting older that when you remember like childhood really clearly, but you can't remember two minutes ago? <laughs> but apparently, because I, I, I have this as well, I have like very vivid things that I remember that mm. people think, how can you possibly remember that you were very little? Mm. But it's, and it's not even something people have talked about. Mm. So yeah, it's mine's not implanted. The mine's the same. But, they think that there's um, a, a gene mm. that's known as the autobiography gene. And if you have this gene, you are more likely to have these very, very vivid memories. Are you making this up? Child. No. <laughs> no my, I'm friend, joking, I'm you. my friend, the psychiatrist, told me this. So I, I believe that, yeah, that adds a little uh, I've seen, extra. Yes, I've seen yes, films so. of psychiatry. I've seen Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> <laughs> We're off topic. Let's get back onto topic. Yes. So Film. going to the cinema in the 1980s, um, I don't, well, people nowadays, people nowadays um, might not, a lot of them remember, but you will remember because you're as ancient as I am, that yeah. you didn't have, going to the multiplex, that did not happen. No. There was no such thing. No. You went to sort of your Canon or your ABC and if you had, like, we had three screens and that was like, you know, pretty Yeah, that deal. was about it. Yeah. yeah. But you might also go to a cinema that had perhaps one screen and then hmm. if you didn't know what was like, what was on, you were scrubbed out of luck basically because that's what was on and I grew up in a little town in the Midlands Mm -hmm. and you had to queue for the cinema around this alley that went down the side of what was called at the time it said in the window in gold fun pub (laughs) and later on when I worked at the cinema every single Sunday morning they used to have to get um diner rod in to diner rod the drains outside the pub because they were always blocked (laughs) oh no but you had to queue down this like horrible dirty alley but as a child, Ooh. as an adult, when you went, you're old, you hated it because it was like, oh, you know. But as a kid, that was all part of the adventure. It's like oh, going definitely, to queue in definitely. the alley. And I remember queuing in the alley for Star- um, Return of the Jedi and it being, you know, so exciting. Just so <laughs> exciting because it was like, yeah, first off, you're in the alley. And if you, were re- if you were in the alley, like for E.T., you were in the alley. Or so, it, this meant this was a really big deal because you were all the way down in the alley. <laughs> Because oh, you came out down the front steps of the cinema because it was on a big corner and then around the mm. corner into the alley. So there was room for about 20 people to queue who wouldn't have to be in the alley. And I won't tell you what it was nicknamed. I'll tell you after we finish recording because it's not appropriate <laughs> for a family audience. Oh, dear, no. <laughs> no, it's not. 
But if you were queued back down into the alley, then that meant it was a blockbuster. Oh, yes, I, I remember the that because I used to. <laughs> um, I used to be mm. the, the Odeon mm. in Colchester, which is Britain's oldest recorded town, raided by Boadicea when she just killed lots of Romans. But that's where I used to go to the cinema. Yeah, it doesn't, and, um, I can say it's not still being raided by Boadicea, though. It's just, it is a town. Yeah, it was like Ben Hur. You just look out the window and they're all just yeah. running around. Um, but um, yeah, and it was a similar thing with that, where like if you had to queue down, down, um, head, what was it? I can't remember the name of the road, but if you had to like start queuing down the road past the, um, the place that sold, um, uh, tropical fish <laughs> and the, and the sandwich bar <laughs> you know that was you know you know it's a big this is a big it's it's the summer blockbuster it's not an alley though is it you, you no. don't you come in from my alley with your road it's like we've all got roads it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't a smelly, no, alley. It's a smelly but that alley. street was a bit grim yeah, to be fair. it's not an alley <laughs> it's not an alley um yes so you would go to the cinema and what was interesting is the lady who shall remain nameless because i have lots of tales about my colleagues but you know i'm not i'm not that kind of shady person so I won't be telling yeah. those tales. But the lady who tore the ticket stubs, uh, when I went to the cinema as a child, when I worked there as an adult, she was still tearing the ticket stubs, but she hadn't aged. Oh, my goodness. And it was um, obviously, you know, 15 years later. It's the magic of cinema. But she hadn't not aged in like a good, not in like a Dolly Parton-esque way, but in that she already looked really old. And oh, she my goodness. And she older. Which is, I don't know, maybe she just CGI. I don't know either that or she'd eaten like so many cinema hot dogs that she just kind of embalmed herself. <laughs> yeah. It's all the it's all the butter from the popcorn moisturising her face. Oh, I could, oh, I could <laughs> tell you some tales about if when I some tales I could tell you about cinema food kiosks you would never eat cinema food again, never. I'm sure. I, I tend to go to the. Um... I'm sure hygiene standards are far higher now than they were. Yeah hopefully mm. but we used to go to the cinema and it was back in the day and people nowadays again they won't believe this when you had smoking versus none so you went in and you bought your ticket oh yeah and you bought your ticket from the lady in the kiosk and then mm. you took it to the lady at the foot of the stairs in our case in our cinema it was a bit like there were three ways to get into the screen on one you went just through a door and there was the screen on another you had to go mm. all the way along this corridor it was painted orange that was like something out of the shining and had no <laughs> windows and into the biggest screen. And as when um, I worked as an usherette, we hated having to lock down that screen you know, at the end of the night yeah, because you had to switch it off and the lights were on a timer. So you went into this oh. auditorium, you switched everything off, but the lights for the corridor were at the far end where oh, you no. were. So you had to hit the lights, then properly like run along the corridor. And it did feel like someone was chasing you. It was horrible. <laughs> and then the other screen, Da-da. you had to go up like two flights of stairs and that was the main screen, you know. Mm. Um, so you'd have your ticket torn. You know, actually ripped, and I, I when I went there, that was my job. I ripped the tickets and I stuck my end of the ticket on my metal spike, which is so not Ooh. safe when you think about it. Yeah. Um, and then you'd go to the cinema where you could sit in smoking or none. Yeah, because I, I remember in the cinema when once they got rid of smoking, and and one of the adverts that they would have on before the film it was this really horrible old advert, mm. and it was like this really horrible looking cigarette, like enormous across the I massive cinema this, screen. Yeah extinguish your, your cigarettes. cigarettes and it just looked like you'd look at it and you'd actually want to start to cough because it just well, looks so know gross about your cinema, but in ours if you wanted to smoke you sat on the right and if you <laughs> didn't want to smoke you sat on the left and as if that yeah. would make the slightest and difference sometimes i remember as a kid you know if the film was boring you'd kind yeah. of look back towards the projection coming out of the little projection window and you know the projection light beam, you could see all the smoke going across it. And I always thought it was like really cool because 
it's, you know, I've never been a smoker ever. But as a kid, I was mm. like, oh, there's something really cool and glam and Hollywood about that. Yes. And then it's Which rather ruined strong. by somebody next row going. <laughs> yeah, someone wafting the face. Mm. <laughs> oh, my God. And that was also, you'll remember this, that that was when you upstairs for smoking on the bus, downstairs for none. Yep. Indeed. And this is Indeed. how we came to this podcast. We were going to do a podcast on adverts at the cinema. We started doing it about shops. It was the one we did about the supermarket yeah. sweep yeah. Um, episode. And we segued massively into cinemas and cinema adverts. And then the, because the podcast was like over an hour long, we were like, <coughs> we might need to cut that bit. Yeah. So here we are. We were going to do one about adverts. Revisit it. But we thought, let's yes, do it- the whole experience. Yes. So we bought our ticket, and our t- your ticket then, it was not like now, like a big printed thing, was it? It was like a little, yeah, one inch bus ticket, which would literally say the screen number, like one, two, three, whatever. And mm. your person would rip that in half, and you would take your half, and you would go and choose smoking on on, and then you would yeah. get the adverts. Yes. And I bet you remember this. They still have that. They brought it back. They brought it back when I was yeah. a Ferretti. It's for anyone who wonders, yeah. Pearl and Dean, who were, I think, yeah. well, am I right to say they were the people that basically controlled this? They sold the cinema advert space. Something like that, I think. Lampooned in Monty Python as Pearls for Swine. There you go. <laughs> and you'd have, you had your curtains. It was like going to the theatre. And the curtains yeah. swished back and... Oh, the curtains, of course, I've forgotten about that, yeah. The curtains swished back and a patina of cigarette smoke wafted across the screen. And, and... Pearl and Dean struck up the band. And that was And then you're into adverts, which is where we came in. Indeed. Yes. The memory I have of this, you'd think if you've got a summer blockbuster that's obviously aimed at children whether it's a mysterious showing of Heidi or whatever the heck it is. I mean, I don't remember them showing, like, toy adverts. In no, the I can tell you why this is, though. This was because beforehand, <sighs> the cinema, the ch- the company or whatever, would just go to Pearl and Dean or whoever and say, yeah. I want to buy a block of adverts to run, I don't know, say April to July. And yeah. they would say, well, if you want it on a Saturday, it costs this. If you want it on a Wednesday, it costs this. And you wouldn't know or care what was going to be on your screen you just bought space. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Ah, right. So now that's, I think, that's not very clever marketing. No, no. Well, I think because it was just the way it was done, yeah. that people didn't really care because they just pitched anything at anyone, didn't they? Then you know it was like you selling not literally, but you built advertising razor blades to kids. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so yes, yeah, so you would get this the same, and this is where we said that you would get what you don't get now: the local advert. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! And the one that we always had was right. I'll set the scene. My little Midlands town. The cinema is up on a hill, kind of, on the ring road. It's out of the town centre, but it's only like a five-minute walk. But over the yeah. road, there was the fun pub, and then there was the fish shop. And the advert <laughs> that was still going when I worked there, 50 same advert, I swear to God, it was a close-up <laughs> of a woman with like a massive blonde perm. And she, no, not close to her, medium shot of with a massive blonde perm standing behind the counter of the Leeming Street fish bar. And she had like a shovel of chips in her hand, you know, those little shovels. And then the next <laughs> shot was the chips going onto the wrap the paper, but like proper dripping in grease. And it wasn't oh. filmed, it was just like photos took on a can and coming out. <laughs> and then the voiceover God. went, chips over the road. <laughs> but 
in all of the recessionary times, in the decades that have passed from that, we're talking, you know, 35 years, that chip shop is still there. Because <laughs> when people come out of that, because it's still a pub, I think it's like, it's a comedy club now. But when people come out of there, or the cinema, sadly, is now a snooker hall, but it's huge, you know, they want chips and they don't want to go into town. The slightly more bizarre advert was the one that was just like a, some, you know, ladies in the office, like a typing pool. And I don't remember the name of the company, but it then said, such and such solicitors, last solicitors before the M1. And that was next door, but two doors up from the tippy. So that's just in case you desperately need a, you desperately need a solicitor yes, before like, you, you rush down south. You need to get divorced <laughs> down south or north. Or, not, or, or, north, 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 or to somewhere else yeah. in the Midlands. Or to somewhere else. Last, last solicitor before the M1. And they're still there and they have a massive sign on the building that says, last solicitor. Things don't really change in that little town. It's like the Simon Garfunkel song, My Little Town. Oh, we used to get there was an advert for a tandoori restaurant. Oh, the classic. Which, but it, but it would always, and then there was one that was for um, like a garage that does MOTs. Yeah, but they were such old adverts, and they kept showing them that they were still showing them in the nineties. Yeah, and we just used to exactly we just same. all sit there giggling because because the trouble was that the car had this really old Ford Escort like lifted up with a man in an mm. old like in boiler in a boiler suit rummaging, and we'd just be looking at it going. That car is really old. But what's the line like some... between really old and classic? Well, yes, but it was, it just looked like an old banger, yeah. like some, some boy racer. It was Essex, so it probably was a boy racer's fraud, you know, just up on the thing. And and all of those adverts, because they were so old, they just jumped and hopped yeah. and had hairs across them. Well, that's them why and, you see and... the smart advertiser, like in the Midlands, went for the still photograph and just yeah. one, two photographs, woman with perm, chips on paper. And also the background of the chip, well, the chips on paper one, when it flashed up, because it was like, you know, like a little star appeared in the corner with the address on. It was like yeah. quintessential mustard yellow, that sign. And it kept leaving street chippy. And it's still there. I'm so glad it's still there. Haven't been back to that town in years. But before, when we talked about this before, I Googled it. And I was so glad to see it was still there and to look on Google Maps and see the solicitor is still there. So it's weird because so much around it is not what it, the same. Mm. But bizarrely, those things have endured. They're like the pyramid. People just always need chips, solicitors, and cinnamon. After the apocalypse, there'll just be massive cockroaches. That chip shop and the solicitors. (laughs) That'll be what it is, like Mad Max, like a world of Mad Max with just those things. But isn't it strange that they're the things that have endured? But I suppose, you know, we always want to eat. We always want to settle boundary disputes, I suppose. A place to get your car MOT'd, a place to go and have a curry things that people always need yeah so. there was a curry one at ours as well but in our household we didn't eat sort of like curries or anything like that which obviously now <laughs> because my i'm massively as you know allergic to chili and yeah. stuff. so it's lucky because if we did i might not have survived <laughs> but yeah, probably not a good the idea curry <laughs> restaurant that was on again it's still there that restaurant but it was like impossibly glamorous because you know it was all like gold gilt and red silver <laughs> And the food was like, what is that? Like, compared to chips over the road, that looks amazing. But I'm still buying yeah, chips over the road when I come out of it. Because I, th- I think it had, like, a still photograph with, like, the address. Come and eat yeah, after yeah. the film. And, and there was, like, a picture of this really, like, really pin-sharp, neatly dressed waiter mm. standing next to a table. You know, which, like, with, with the, like, Indian music Waiting playing. Be going, Can I go there, mummy? No. no. <laughs> So once you were settled into your seat and the adverts were on, you would have, which again people now will not know, you would have the uh, the usherette with her um her ice cream tray. 
Oh God, yes. Which was when I worked <laughs> cinema, we still did that. I, that was a role I too have worked. I filled that role. I hated that role. I hated it. Oh, no. But in the end, I managed to get myself into the permanently into the um, food kiosk. That was good. But I hated it because oh. it weighed a ton. It was if, for people that don't know, it was like a tray that you wore around your neck with ice creams and all kinds of things on it. It weighed an absolute ton. And people mm-hmm. would come, but they wouldn't form an orderly queue. They'd be like coming at you from all sides. <laughs> and sometimes you had to sort of like bark at them. Do you know what I mean? Because I think it's the thing with the advert. It, it went on for so long. You do still long. get that in I the theatre, though, actually, don't you? You still get the, key, the usherette in the theatre with the trays. When I went to a theatre in Cambridge in July and I bought tubs of ice cream from an usherette. Oh, yeah, that's it's all over the country. It's not unusual at all. It's, yeah. It would be unusual yeah. to not see it in the theatre. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's true. But again, that wouldn't be before. That would be at the interval. That's the interval, indeed. Yeah. Um, indeed. So you would buy your, your whatever you'd forgotten to buy outside. And then you would you would settle. And you, there were certain adverts. When you look at them now, you know which one I'm going to say, don't you? When you look at them now, they were questionable. Do you know which one I'm going to say? You, 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 you know, you know, Kiora. Kiora. Oh. Do you remember? Ooh, I'll be yes. your dog, the Kiora advert. Yeah. Well, I don't think, let's not get into that. But no, the Kiora advert, avoid. I think a couple of years ago, there was a whole blow up on Twitter about it. It was an advert for Kiora that, I haven't revisited, but it had, I believe, racial undertones. Mm. Mm. So if you're intrigued, because, you know, we're not about, we're not a controversial podcast. We're just a talking about things podcast. Have a look for the I'll Be Your Dog Cure advert and maybe do a podcast on it. We'll listen. <laughs> yes, but we won't. No. <laughs> and you always got that one. You quite often got All Because the Lady Loves Milk Tray. Oh yes, especially around Christmas or Valentine's Day. Yeah, and because of course, because it is just ripping off James Bond, it is naturally it naturally works in a cinema because it's quite cinematic. Yeah. And Do-do-do-do. you always got don't know what that was. That, don't think it ripped it off that closely. <laughs> They'd have been in trouble for that. Um, you always got the cigar happiness is a cigar called Hamlet. Oh yes, we sold, the, yeah. our cinema sold cigarettes. Oh my goodness! Yeah, it's quite unusual, <laughs> and a huge markup because obviously you've got a captive smoker in the cinema. Yeah, thing with cinema adverts, and even now as well, is that when like some adverts are just made for the cinema, mm. whereas other ones you see them on the telly and it's like, oh, it's an advert. You see it in the cinema and you see it in a really different way. It's like, wow, it's like a piece of film. Mm. <laughs> This is incredible. It's like, it's an advert for a, for a Datsun. Yeah, <laughs> but you can still make an artful advert. Look at how many big direct Ridley Scott, I think, started in advertising. Um, mm, you know, the, some, exactly. of the big, some of the biggest names that you'll think of from sort of 70s and 80s started. Have, uh, I can't think of his name. Alan Parker of Evita Commitments also started in advertising. So it's yes, a good proving uh, ground. Spike. Spike Jones and the bloke who made, I can't remember his name, who made uh, uh, Lock, Stock and Two... Guy Ritchie, he made adverts, I think. Mm. Oh, no, did he make music videos? Anyway. Didn't, did Spike Jones, didn't, didn't he go into it afterwards? Could have done. I think done. Spike Jones has done adverts since. Uh, I think. I think. I could go. be wrong, but I think he's done them since. But it was where <laughs> some of the biggest names, I think David Putnam as well, biggest names in 70s and 80s cinema, Learned their craft, mm. advertising. Mm. Um, but as a kid, you didn't really care about any of that. You just wanted to see the funky advert. Come on, the the advert I always used to love was, you know, the De Beers diamonds one. Yeah, where it is actually like a, it's like a film, mm. and it's all like shadow 
with that music mm. but not, I can't sing or we'll be done mm. for copyright but, but I and I used to love that advert so much I I was like I want to watch a film that's like that because it was so I just find it incredibly stirring <laughs> watch uh, the Thomas Crown affair there you go terribly romantic and just oh isn't it I, I loved it <laughs> yeah I'm like mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. and I, I loved it so much that every time it came on I'd be like studiously pretending not to be that interested in it whereas inside I'd just be like oh it's that advert I'm obsessed with hooray <laughs> I just like the chips over the road advert um <laughs> so yes yeah, so this is going to somewhere in the 80s there was always somebody necking Necking, I don't know if you say that now. Young people oh, today, yeah. somebody necking. But also, it was dead cheap mm. compared to what it oh, is now. Yeah. Although, our local cinema, which I won't go to because I'm both miserable and tight-fisted, tickets at our local yeah. multiplex went up to £10.75. <gasps> but they, it was one of, outside the West End, it was one of the most expensive cinemas in the country, I believe. But in the last Good two God. months, under new management, like a whole new complex management system, they've dropped the ticket price to £5. Because I think so. Yeah. I think there were so few people were going. Because here we've also mm. got about 20 minutes ride away. There's a cinema that was cheaper than that, cheaper than £10. And you know those really nice ones where it's every seat's a recliner and all that? And it was only like seven quid a ticket. So people would rather drive out there for like a really nice experience where this, you know, it's easy to park than spend £10 for a cinema that's seen better days. But apparently it's all, I haven't been for years, I say, because I'm miserable. It's been done up. And it's, it's apparently, it's lovely. And I might be going because I might be going to see the new Zombieland film. But equally, I've always got that thing of like, well, I can watch it for free on Sky. (laughs) What do I pay for Netflix for? Do I have to sit with someone kick it back in my seat? They, they are really expensive. <laughs> if I go to the cinema with um, him indoors, mm. um, I will go and see what, like, um, a superhero film. And you tend to want to see it in like IMAX or 3D just because they're that they work really mm. well like that. But it's like 15 or £16 see, a I ticket. See, I can't watch 3D because I've got um, oh, what do you call it? astigmatism in both eyes and I've got mm. some sort of prism thing i don't know but i I can't see the 3d effect and it makes me feel nauseous i I get headache no i can't see it i see even regardless of what type of 3d it is you know there's several different types um because rick being a big cinema buff he's got all sorts of 3d at home and all i can see is the two images the whole time and as i say i get really really nauseous really quickly not Not good at all and also again it's not lending itself to somebody like me who Will you know, as my granddad used to say, walk twenty miles to save ten pence. <laughs> but yes, so then at the cinema as well. The other thing that I am really miserable about, people are like God, she's miserable, is trailers. I don't like trailers. George's daddy in Seinfeld. I like to go in fresh. Yes. Whereas a lot of people, like my husband, Rick loves trailers. They love trailers. It's part of the experience. But I also have that <clears> thing of like, I'll get there when the film starts because I'm not paying to watch adverts. That's true. That's very true. adverts at home. Yeah, because and all the all the trailers now. I'm sure there was a time when a trailer was like quite short, just a teaser. No, that is just like, it's a different sort of trailer. But 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 like now, like you go in the cinema and it's just it's the entire film. It's like it's like a potted version of the. It's like a Reader's Digest version of the film. It's like well, I don't need to see well, that's that. So now, that they get something in for everyone. So. There'll be a scene where they go like action, or there'll be like romance, comedy, blah, 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 blah. so everybody mm. in the cinema sees something that they go, "Oh, I quite like that. Looks like something for me." 
Because yeah. it used to be once upon a yeah. time you'd have different trailers, you know, you'd have like trailer one that would be the action trailer. Like but because obviously mm. everything's about more bang for your book and saving money to make money, I think now they just mm. bang them all in one trailer and hope for the best. That's that's probably right. Because and you'd kind of go like, if you see the superhero films, all of the trailers are for other superhero well, films. That's all there are. The, what else is on it? The because there's so many days. of them. It's just like, oh, I haven't seen that one. I don't think I'd be bothered. You know? nothing other, it feels like there's nothing but superhero films at the moment. Mm. You know, mm. it just... And this is... God, this is the thing. Rick always says to me, for someone who studied film at Masters, you really don't like films. I do. Like, <laughs> but it's... You know when it's like they all seem to be... And I'm not bad-mouthing them all, if that's your bag, if you like superhero action films. But there seems to mm. be a huge number of them. No, I know, I know. This is like listening yeah. to two old dads complain, this podcast. <laughs> anyway, so your film has started. Oh. And oh. I am just old enough to remember, not all the films, but some of the big films that, because people might know, there was a, they might not know actually, that big films from many, many years ago, things like Gone with the Wind, would get reissued. And not like now, where mm. they just come on in the art house circuit, but they'd be at the you know the cinema not for long but they'd be there so you might on occasion not very often but you might still get your interval and the one we mm. used to go to very early memory very early 80s used to just stop a film whether it's supposed to be stopped or not and have an interval <gasps> they would just stop <laughs> midway for a scene yeah they would stop the film <laughs> for 10 minutes and then come back out again to sell more snacks and the I projectionist remember, just been out for a fag. Yeah, but, well, he <laughs> did, actually, because when I went and found this out, he had a balcony that he came out of his projection booth onto a balcony that was, like, at the back, on top of the cinema, <gasps> and smoked. But <gasps> the, the screen was, in our cinema, it was just a really 70s bright orange screen that just said, oh. interval, no, intermission time across it. Intermission, it's intermission time. And that was it. I remember, I remember going to see, um, oh, Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> this is going back very, very long way. Um, and that had, it was like a double bill. Mm. And I think that's the only double bill I've ever been to at the really? cinema. They must only have been about half an hour long or something. Well, you would, you'd get the shorts. And I don't know if you remember, you used to sometimes, well, you'd get a full length film plus a short. Do, yes. Splash, I went to see that for my birthday. And it was out with a short, I think it was a Disney short about the Loch Ness Monster. A little animation. <laughs> and Rick, because he collects these things, I think we've got that one. He has a lot of those little shorts and you remember seeing them. But the weirdest double bill was our cinema, for some reason best known to itself, did a double mm. bill of uh, Monty Python's The Meaning of Life with Krull. But Krull is um, a fantasy. I think it was a PG. And The Meaning of Life was an 18. Like a double bill, one ticket price for sort of like four hours of film. Oh my Which goodness. Is bizarre when you think about it. And they wouldn't do it now, no, would they? God goodness. No, me. goodness. Or no. if they did, it'd be some sort of festival thing. Yeah. You know, there'd be some reason yeah. behind it. But no, it was just basically like we've got these two films. We've got <laughs> two films with not good enough screen, so let's bang them out together. Very hard. Look what I found in the cupboard. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> but also, I used to be, for our cinema, again, nowadays, quite often, I don't suppose many people ring the cinema to get the times. <laughs> But at hours, you rang it and it would say, thank you for calling. Yeah. But all it was, answer phone message. Yeah, and, they were just read out. Yeah, when I worked there, we had a rotor for who would do the answer phone message each week. So some week you'd <laughs> ring up and it would be me. And I'd say, thank you for calling. Because we were various times, the Canon or the ABC. Thank you for calling the ABC <laughs> Cinema, showing this week. And then you'd go into it. 
<laughs> but now, obviously, you See, don't do that. You just go online before the internet. Yeah, before the age of the internet. Or before people realised you could you could use the internet for that. No, it was be- <laughs> it was the very early days of the internet. You wouldn't have been. Yeah, when I'm, I first moved to Birmingham to go to the cinema a week, this art house cinema, mm. um, and if you if you collected the tickets or volunteered in some way, you got a free ticket. Mm. It was really good. You could have like homemade cake and mm. like gin. That's oh, like the Broadway good. in Nottingham. That was exactly the same setup there. But I feel but like what? I got a similar deal to you there because I was paid to work at the cinema. But yeah. you only had to, you, basically, you worked for the first 15 minutes of the film because you mm. had to be available for 15 minutes. And then you could choose to either watch the film or just sit out in the foyer chatting to your mates or go off into town. But if you went in out of the building, you didn't get paid for obvious reasons. But if yeah. you stayed in the building, you got paid. So we got paid to watch films. How cool is that? That's cool. That's, That's very cool. cool. What was quite funny about the place was that when they first, um, well, they were setting it up as this art house cinema. And somebody, it was, it had been like a sort of adult um, cinema mm. place. And somebody um, found a cupboard in the basement and it was full of like 1970s adult films. Mm. <laughs> I don't know what they did with them, I have to say. But... Probably worth yeah, a bit, but... some of them now. Probably. They could probably have just shown them and just gone, it, it's art. No, I don't think you could have gone away with that. In our um, refreshments kiosk, there were three lights. It was an old building, very old cinema. It was the same one my parents used to go to, you know, in the sort of 50s and 60s. And there were three lights, one for each screen, screen one, two, three. And what happened was if there was a power failure in the screen, the light came on. But God. we were forbidden from leaving. the. If you were on kiosk, you had to stay in the kiosk because it was an open front and kids were not averse to just like trying to reach through and grab stuff. And on oh, one occasion, the light came on to say that there'd been a power cut, a complete power cut in Cinema One, which was a sold-out screening of Mr. Bean. <laughs> but we weren't allowed to move, so we rang up to the manager's office. And I'm not going to lie, like, we, we weren't the most proactive team, you know. We were like, well, shall we ring him? So we rang up to the manager's office and told the manager, and he was the least proactive manager ever. And we said the screen had gone out, and he was like, right. <laughs> and nobody came. He didn't come, but no one came out of the screen either. And then after about 10 minutes, one man came out of the screen and said, I don't know if it's part of the film or if the power's gone off. <laughs> and we said to them, like, oh, yeah, the power's gone off. Well, you know, it's like we're not allowed to leave the booth. Uh, <laughs> and he said, well, where's the manager? And we said, go up to the top of the stairs. And his office is there. And this guy went up and was like proper chapping the door. Be like, come out. You've got people in this screen. What's going on? Oh, no. And the manager used to smoke on the quiet and then come out and spray himself in Glade air freshener. Oh no! But he, came out, but he was really not suited to the job because he he was obviously not comfortable dealing with the public. Oh. And he came out, and this man said, "The screens, there's nothing happening. It's pitch black." And he just mm. kind of like looked at us and was like, "What do I do?" You know, we didn't know. So in the end, he went and got the projecting guy. He was out having a fag, and he just came with oh. kind of a hammer and started hitting the fuse box. Oh, and eventually, no. they just refunded everybody. <laughs> Can you imagine? Like, so it's on fire. Well, that's <laughs> what it was like. Is this part of the film? <laughs> no, it was, it was like, there was, you know, because a lot of people there, they were either, you know, we were sort of 19, 20, and you're not the most proactive person then, are you? We weren't unhelpful, but we were told yeah. you can't come out of the kiosk. So you stayed in the kiosk. But the people who had been there a long, and I mean, like I say, a long time, some of them 20 plus years, were just kind mm. of like, eh. do you know what I mean? I come to work, do my job, and I go home. And we had more managers. I think we had about five managers in the space of 12 months. We had more managers than the football team I support, and that's a lot. <laughs> and each one of them was not, you know, they were like marking time on their way to do something else. 
But this mm. one guy, I don't know if it's part of the film. <laughs> it's like, yeah, Mr. Bean's got a bit where everything goes black for 10 minutes. Yeah. It's very experimental. David Lynch made it. It's, a, it's official joke. Yeah, it's a David Lynch, Mr. Bean. <laughs> I just like the idea though, that everyone was sat there waiting for one person to go and tell someone. Do you know what? It's, it's, whenever something like that happens, it's always me that goes. <laughs> that does not but surprise me. That does not surprise me. I'm I'm being a manager. I'm going to sort it out. You don't work here. Have though. you ever I'm heard? Of, have you ever come across the meme of Karen wants to talk to the manager? It's a Reddit thing where uh, I was like, look at Karen waiting to talk to the manager. Um, <laughs> I want to talk to the manager. I want to talk to the manager. Yes, yes. Oh dear. <laughs> but ultimately, you know, it was a. I I feel like going to those cinemas. What you would now call a flea pit in England, as they were called. So it was more of an experience, I think. Or maybe it's because mm. you're a kid, it's more of a treat. It, yeah, it is. And um, the other a few weeks ago, I, I found my diary from when I was a teenager. And I'd written up like reviews of films. But the reviews were not Barry Norman quality. <laughs> so it, reviewing. it was all sort of... Um, I went to the cinema and it was always about who I went with. That was more important than the film because it was, you were like, and especially when you get to go to the cinema without parents, it's a day out with your friends. Um, but it would really be something like, I saw Splitting Hairs, William and Charlotte were there. He brought his friend Henry. The film was good. Splitting <laughs> Hairs was good. I didn't. Well, no, I don't think it was. Was it really? Calling you out, it, was, no, it wasn't good. It was, splitting it was, Hairs is it was terrible. terrible. The only, the only thing i remember about that film was the bit with the cut the bike where the, the car flips over and the bikes are on the roof yeah, yeah. and that's it but i think we watched it because it was like oh, oh it's got some of my, michael palin's in it and some of monty python are in it and it was just like mm, that was underwhelming it's terrible <laughs> but william and henry and charlotte were there <laughs> it's terrible that film and the, 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 <laughs> wayne's world 2 very funny i don't think it was was particularly was it the Fugitive, though, I did. I gave that a good review. It was really, really good. That was my review. The main thing I wrote down in my diary about The Fugitive was how embarrassed I was that my friend had a crush on Harrison Ford and kept making loud, sighing noises throughout the film. So, there you go. Well, that's because you had a bad usherette. A good usherette would have told her to shut up. I would have shunned my torch in her face and told her to keep it down. Keep it down. I did. I had a torch down. and I was not You're not the only either. person here who finds him attractive, but just keep it down. Shush. We, shush. we, were, we were brutal. We were. We were not having it. Like, we were <laughs> a brutal ushering. T- yeah, well, you know, because it's like you could see people getting annoyed. So it was actually quite good fun to be the one with the torch. Oh, see, that's so how I, 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 I'd quite like that job, telling people off. That sounds fun. <laughs> no, because, you know, it, it was, you didn't really have to speak. They saw you, the torch and they would shut up. Oh, wow. And I mean, they would just shut up. Very Wielding now. the power. One of my colleagues, Mark, however, he got a knife pulled on him Ooh. by someone. But because Mark was six foot four, he just proper strong armed the guy out. It was brilliant. It was like a little scrote, like a twelve year old scrote with a knife. <laughs> and he put him out. Ha ha. So there you go. <laughs> Bopped him on the head with his torch. No, no, he, no, obviously not. He just <laughs> put him out because he took a knife on him, which is not <laughs> Once you've finished watching your film. When you come outside, I'd always have this ridiculous thing that that if it was still daylight outside, I'd be surprised that it was daylight. And if it was dark when I got outside, I'd be surprised it was dark. I was just surprised. <laughs> hmm. but, wow. Yes, so that was film going in the 80s, which obviously went off on lots of segues. 
<laughs> but I think, as I say, I preferred it. Well, I don't go now, but maybe it's because I didn't have to pay for my own ticket that I preferred it now as well. Then as well, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe being a naturally person, naturally non-spending person, I don't know. But as I say, I may be going because I may be going to see Zombieland. But it's you know it's it's cold outside and it's warm inside, so maybe I'll just stay here and wait for it on Netflix. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Yes, I think I think in a way as well, like in the eighties, it was a simpler time. You didn't have to worry about is it three D, is it IMAX, is it is it that thing where they shake the chair around and make smells? I think now they all those things. Mm, mm. Because all those things, it's not going to surprise you with any of those things, is it? You know, if you've paid for a sort of, uh, if you're going to see IMAX, you should pretty much know that that you paid for it. Mm. It's not like you get there and you go, "Oh, it's IMAX." <laughs> Why well, nobody told me? I don't like IMAX; it's too big for me. I I <laughs> saw um, one of the Star Trek films in IMAX, mm. and there was some bloke who got up and, and went to the loo, and he sort of walked mm. across the screen, and it was hilarious because it did look like he was like floating in space. My so, friend so... Rob, he saw I think it was Les Mis. I think it was Rob. Anyway, hello Rob, if you're listening, was it you? Did you see Les Mis? Um, <laughs> and it was I think it it was a, basically he spent most of the film sitting, feeling like he was sat up Hugh Jackman's nostril. So there you go. And Rob, if that wasn't you, apologies. It was somebody else. Whenever I see something in 3D, though, I, I don't know why I do it. As soon as I put the glasses on, my first instinct for the first few minutes is to duck every time something comes out of the screen. And it's like, it's not real. It's not really that. It's not 1985. And I have to put, like, put my hand through it to go, oh, it's mm. not real. It's okay. I can, I'm fine now. I understand. It's funny if it was real. It's a big boulder and it's just whack. Like, I went to see um, a film in, in the thing with the sh- where they shake the chair around. <laughs> And um, the bloke sitting next to me had brought with him like this like, bucket of popcorn. And I think kind of by the end of the film, most of the popcorn was on the floor. <laughs> Why did you bring that into a, an auditorium with shaking chairs? I'm afraid but... I think my sore throat has beaten me tonight. Oh, so I will have to bow out. OK, podcast listeners. I will take my hacking cough. That sounds like I've been sat on the right hand side of the auditorium. Um, and hope for the next time we speak to you, I will sound a bit more human. Catherine, who's putting the fizz in your gin this week? It's my good friend and colleague, Mr. Adrian Lucas, again. Right. Um, because he's he's not very well. As you know, if you were going to see him as part of the Jane Austen Association of Australia event, unfortunately, it's had to be cancelled because he's not been very well. Okay. So, in thanks to him for being absolutely stellar in being Mr. Wickham, for which we will have announcements coming soon, he's putting the fizzy my gin for just being an awesome collaborator and friend. Uh, get well, get soon. well soon. Yes. Have, have some fizz in your Lucasade or something. Yeah, in your Lucasade. <laughs> Lucasade, oh yes. <laughs> Who's putting <laughs> the fizz in your gin? <laughs> um, I don't think I've got anyone putting the fizz in my gin. Oh, oh, oh okay. Um, okay. Johnny Lee Miller, because um, I've been re-watching all of Elementary, and I think he's actually, he actually does a very good Sherlock Holmes. I quite like the way he plays Sherlock Holmes at okay. Elementary, yeah. Out of the inkwell. Okay. On that bombshell. Currently, we're currently writing a captain novel, aren't we? But we, are. we won't say any more about that because we're writing it at the moment. Um, we've got lots of releases coming up. So you may have already seen The Captain in the Theatrical, which 
um, has been out now for since uh, September. Um, our next release is the Captain's Flirty Fireworks on the 5th of November because it's firework yes, night. It's a short story. It's a short story. Um, it's set in the village of um, Longley Magna. Um, mm. If that sounds familiar, that's because it's next door to um, Longley Parva, where George and Henry live uh, in the Captain and the Cricketer. Yes. So there you go. Um, we have a Captain novel that going on pre-order on the 22nd of October, which is very soon. Yes. Um, and it is The Captain and the Best Man. Yes. Um, which indulges my, my twin passions of older gentlemen and big <laughs> jumbo jets. Big jumbo jet. Jumbo jet. Um, yes, and uh, it's it's an it's a lovely getaway on a on a beautiful tropical island sort of story. It's yeah, published with hot on the third... and happy endings. Yes, and it's a, it's out on the third of December. So if if you, kind of you want an escape from Christmas novels and stuff, or just yes. from Christmas itself and winter and everything, you, the captain, the best man, is for you. It's your jam. And there's another Captain novel coming out quite soon after that called The Captain and the Squire, but you'll have to wait um, yeah, we'll tell you much, more about that soon. Much more about that and much more about our best man in a later podcast when it's nearer the time. Indeed. So um, You should still pre-order it. Um, also, I, I just wanted to mention something quickly about our last podcast about Princess in Love. Um, people have got in touch to say they, have, they, they actually went and watched the film more than once after listening to the podcast so so do do go and watch it um i spoke to a friend of mine who said i said what was your favorite bit and she says she loved it so much she can't pick a favorite bit so there you go wow get, get go and watch princess in love now because it's so good did she just say that because she's your friend she she loved it she it's loved she treat. loved the most i feel like saying, i do feel that saying it's so good is <laughs> It's it's good in a it's it's very enjoyable. It's very yes. enjoyable. It's it's watchable. I think that's yeah. the thing to say. <laughs> no, it's it's better than watchable. It's enjoyable. Yeah. There's um, a lot of fun to be had, especially with a glass of wine. Yes. <laughs> but on that bombshell, I am gonna go and soothe my sore throat. Right. And yes. think of the things we do for you, hacking and coughing down your earphones. <laughs> This is like the world's worst ASMR, Catherine hacking at you. <laughs> smokers on the right. <laughs> smokers to the right, non-smokers and hackers to the left, please. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Find out more at our website, curzonharksdid.co.uk. And thank you, purple-planet.com, for the music.